0: Beginning on that podcast in five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the odd podcast where I almost missed my cue. <laughs> I am your host, <laughs> the uh. Uh, cackling like an idiot Adam Higgins hey, the Odd Dad Out, you can find me at odddadoutpodcast.com and at odddadout on all social media places and this is a show where I ramble and rant and tell you about all the bullshit that's going through my brain and my life and everything and I'll make fun of some shit from the news and talk about some shit that I'm watching on TV and and yeah, it's it's just a whole lot of shit. Yep, it's the shit in my brain and the shit that I'm watching the shit that I'm reading and all of the shit yes, that's, that is the show uh. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, I'm sitting here trying to refresh my weather app and I completely missed my cue because I'm a dumbass and started the music Um, (laughs) because I was going to make a bit about freezing my ass off because it's cold in this room because I had the ceiling fan on and there's an air purifier next to me and it is generally not warm out because, well, duh, winter, but I really can't say much because... I live in Phoenix, and compared to what the whole rest of the country is dealing with right now as pertains to winter weather, I mean hell, even northern parts of the state are dealing with much more wintry weather than what I have here in the city. It's the thing about living in Phoenix, Phoenix has its own kind of microclimate because the entire city is ringed by mountains rather high mountains. And so it makes it to where in the city, the, the climate is completely different. Just get on the other side of the mountains and you're very quickly into pine forests and, and it gets very snowy. You go north an hour and it is very snowy and iced up right now. There are actually warnings over Christmas weekend that the city would basically Phoenix was basically cut off from Northern Arizona because for all intents and purposes, there's only two roads out of the city North either take the U S 60 or interstate 17. And they were both frozen. (laughs) The winter storm, you couldn't, you really couldn't get very far North before the roads were completely iced over and snowed in. And these are not big highways. These are like, in some areas, two-lane highways, they're very small. Like, if there's a crash on these roads, you're stuck. These roads get closed for hours and hours and hours when there is a car accident or whatever, some sort of, you know, there was a case where the roads buckled because of uh, freezing roads and just the pavement buckled and they had to rip the entire road out and it created hours and, uh, like, Hours and hours, like people stuck in that traffic all day, and they had to re-divert everybody. It was a whole mess. But that's enough about traffic. <laughs> traffic and weather on the nines here on the Odd Dad Out podcast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> how was your holidays? I really. It, it, we are in. We're in the bumper week right now. We're almost at the end of it, but we're in that bumper week right now between Christmas and New Year's, where nobody knows what the fuck to do. It just feels like it was just Thanksgiving, and then Christmas hit, and now it's almost new year's and yeah, happy birthday to me coming up tomorrow or whenever you're listening to this, but yeah, enough it's 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 just weird this is that weird week, you know like you don't know what to do because like most jobs uh, go for primarily in in the u s but because generally. Christmas is a recognized federal holiday. Granted, this year Christmas was on a Sunday, so most government places and places that keep government hours, like banks and things, were closed anyway. But, yeah, so everything's closed for Christmas, and everything's closed for New Year's, because New Year's Day is also a federal holiday. So government buildings, mail, banks, all that stuff are also going to be closed again, because it's Sunday, they get to take Monday as the holiday. So it's weird, but we've got these weird sort of buffer. It's just this last week of the year where you're, you've got these holidays that are these federally recognized holidays and it kind of messes with time. And again, because my wife works for a banking company, so she gets those hour, those vacation days. She actually took this week off anyway, just kind of a, a decompress at the end of the year. But yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. This, this whole week, it's just that bumper week of fuck all. <laughs> you don't do shit during this week if you don't have to. You really don't. And in my case, it's just been work. It's been, you know, go to work, do do work. And it's cramming in the last jobs of the year because it's, it's you know, jobs where we have contracts with buildings and things. And so we're getting in all the last work, the very last bits of the year and doing the things and getting ready for next year. But, yeah. Other than that, it's like the boys have been home. Again, my wife has been home this week. so I've been letting her sleep in. Um, yeah. Granted, I've been getting to sleep in too. Not having to wake up at 6 in the morning to take the boys to school when I just got home at 3 or 4. It's kind of nice when I get to sleep until 8 or 9 maybe. Not really because the boys are up and being loud and the dogs need to go out and things like that. But still... I get to sleep in a little bit more, but anyway, how was your holiday? How is if you, if you're a Christmas type person, what did you do? We, we we're getting back into like, because we still celebrate Yule and we typically do a big feast for Yule and we will open some presents then, but we also still do like, you know, traditional Christmas time, we're like, hey, we put up a Christmas tree, bigger presents, stuff like that. We we save it for Christmas because we like doing, you know, the 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 Santa stuff, and you know, milk and cookies and stuff like that. And just the the traditional Christmassy type stuff is just fun to do. You know, um, I still do because and it, it because it's easier because not work because we're off work and everything like that. It's easier to do. Christmas stuff and holiday stuff on Christmas as opposed to Yule which was in the middle of the week and the boys still were in school because just because of how Christmas fell this year the boys had school until Friday and Christmas Eve being Saturday so it was like okay yeah the boys were in school all the way up till Christmas and so it made it more difficult to do stuff but we did we did all the stuff and it, it was funny because I mentioned last week how I'd been Making sugar cookies. Did I mention it? I think I mentioned. Yeah. I mentioned in all of my crazy busy and doing all of the things that I had actually been, I made a bunch of sugar cookies and we did all that and made uh all that stuff just because I felt like every, every, I always get in like cookie spirit. It's because I think it's just because of the, you know, milk and cookies, Santa Claus tradition that I always bake cookies around the holidays. And it seems to be a thing, you know. Uh, Christmas cookies and baking cookies around holiday season, and you know, from Thanksgiving until New Year's is baking season. You know, it starts with pies and goes into cookies and and fruit cakes and whatever other things and and all that. So, I guess that's just my way of doing. It. But I I typically because I my favorite I'm I'm a big fan of chocolate chip cookies, and so I've always made chocolate chip cookies. Generally speaking. They're pretty easy to make. But this year I was like, you know what? We never do. And for the fact last few years, we had been buying the gingerbread house kits that's you know it's got pre-made walls and icing, and you just have to decorate it. And we were buying these gingerbread house kits, and the boys would decorate. They'd get like we would get one big one and each one would get to decorate a side or we would get, the little ones and they would each get their own little gingerbread house to decorate. But we do that and we'd get a bunch of we'd decorate gingerbread houses and things. But those aren't edible. Not really. I mean you don't know how old that gingerbread is and that frosting is made to be good glue, not to be good icing. And so yeah, it's really not recommended you eat those. And this year I was like, I really like gingerbread though. And I'm I'm a big fan like one of my wife's go-to birthday presents for me is to go to Trader Joe's and get me a tub of their triple ginger snaps that have dried, fresh, and candied ginger in them. Really good. If you are all a fan of ginger snaps, highly recommend. But I like gingerbread. But my wife doesn't like ginger snaps because she doesn't like hard cookies. Even when I make uh, chocolate chip cookies, I have to, she has to get them very quickly before they set up and get too hard. I haven't quite worked out my ratios to get my cookies to stay soft, but I have, she likes soft cookies. And so I was like, okay, if I'm going to make cookies the same as I did with the sugar cookies, you have to cut them a little bit thicker so that they stay soft and you don't get super crispy, crunchy cookies. And the same thing goes for gingerbread. And this is my first time, this was my first time making sugar cookies and my first time making gingerbread cookies. And I learned a couple things. I knew that in these cases that these, both of these doughs were very temperature sensitive. You have to keep them cold. You have to basically work in small batches and keep them frozen between like, you know, you cut some cookies, wad it up back in the freezer, grab the other one out of the freezer, roll it, work very fast, keep it super cold as you can. You got to keep all your, you, know, you got to freeze your, basically freeze your cookies before you bake them so they don't melt before they cook. The whole big kind of, there's a lot of keeping everything super cold process. And so I was, I was doing all this and sugar cookies. I got the sugar cookies, got sugar cookies down. They came out looking great. I made some quickie icing and iced all the sugar cookies. Great. Okay. But I still was craving gingerbread. So I pulled up and found a gingerbread recipe. And most of the ones that I found were using like five cups and they were making like 50, 60 cookies. Like, I don't need one that big. So I found a smaller recipe and make this. But I knew gingerbread, I guess it's one of those things. I watched a lot of videos, how to do this, just in case. I watched a bunch of sugar cookie videos, made sugar cookies. and watched a couple of uh, gingerbread videos and there's something that I noticed, but I didn't pay attention to between them is that everybody that was rolling sugar cookie dough was rolling it on their counter or on a sill pad or whatever. They were rolling it on, basically on whatever the surface. But everybody who was rolling gingerbread dough was rolling it between sheets of plastic, like between sheets of saran wrap. And every time you make, cookie dough like this, anytime you're rolling it, they're always like, okay, you make your dough, then you cut it in half, you like split it in half, and then you wrap it up in plastic and, and chill it. So they're like, okay, and it's primarily because it's mostly made of butter and the butter will melt at room temperature, so you got to keep it cold. Okay, keep it cold and then roll it and it's got to stay cold. Um, if you're familiar with Good Eats, Elton Brown has a whole trick for how to keep your sugar cookie dough cold and keep rolling and keep rolling and keep rolling. I just was you know, wadding it back up, throwing it in the freezer and grabbing my other one out of the freezer. It's just faster for me anyway. But I also noticed that sugar cookie dough looks like cookie dough. Gingerbread dough looks like batter. It looks like heavy batter, like almost like a a thick cake mix. And I was like, uh, and even when you freeze it, it's still really soft. And so I was like making, I get all this and you'd see him like scoop and just flop down globs of of gingerbread dough. Like, I hope this like firms up and uh, it kind of does. But I learned very quickly after my first attempt at rolling out the gingerbread dough that, yeah, you have to put it between plastic because, and you have to cover it, completely cover it with flour. Or in my case, uh, powdered sugar, which was another Alton Brown good eats trick is when he was rolling cookies instead of using flour, which just dries out the surface and you get flour on your surface. He used powdered sugar and then you're, you know, you have a, you have the same effect of flour, but it's sugar instead of flour to dry it out and, and making it dry and crusty on the surface. So I use powdered sugar when I'm rolling cookies anyway. Um, immediately, you, one, you have to absolutely cover every inch of that surface in your, your flour, powdered sugar, whatever. But gingerbread dough is so wet and sticky the whole time because it's made of butter and sugar and molasses and that molasses stays sticky and it gives moisture to the cake or to the cookies, but it stays sticky. So, if you roll it without plastic on it, it will stick to everything. It sticks to your rolling pin, it sticks to your countertops, and I have stone counters. But it sticks to everything. So as soon as I like, I rolled out the first batch and it, everything stuck to everything, my, my rolling pin was caked, my counter was caked, I couldn't get the cookies off after I cut them because it, everything just stuck. And so then it I was like ah, that's when I use the plastic. But then I switched and started doing plastic. And what I ended up doing instead of taking my, you know, portioned wall ball whatever of, of dough, and rolling it out is I was actually like patting it out like I do for a pizza crust, and just spreading it out with my fingers, and get it as as big as I could and as thick as I could or to the thickness I wanted, and just did that all by hand, with the plastic. And then I would take the rolling pin and just even it out. I just like roll it once or twice over to make it smooth and get my fingerprints out of it. And then cut everything really. It's like so I'd work it really fast, really fast, really fast. Roll it, roll it, roll it. And then fingerprint or get roll out the fingerprints. Cut, 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 cut. cut wad it up really, it, really. It, roll it, do the whole rinse and repeat, and just and go really fast and get everything cut. And then stick the entire tray of cookies in the freezer for like five minutes before I would put them in the oven. So they were all firmed up really good. They still puffed up a lot and they still got, they still uh, really expanded. And I got like, they blow up a lot. And it may be just issues with baking soda, baking powder and stuff like that in my cookies, but still, um, yeah, but I did it and I made a ton and we let the boys, decorate, mostly just icing, just like drawing on them with, they you had know, those little icing bags and they had fun. They they really enjoy, again, because we did, we used to do the gingerbread houses. They like decorating the cookies. And so they had fun with that and they came out really good and they were really soft and stayed. It, it's just a matter of how thick do you roll them out, but they were really soft and, re- <laughs> and I made them very gingery and spicy and it's really good, really good. Um, yeah, went on for that longer <laughs> than way too much into the cookies, but, and it was all Christmas Eve and we did, you know, get up. So here's the thing about us. We tell the boys every year, don't wake us up too early. We don't need to be getting up before sunrise because that's, it's just too early. Let's get some good rest. We're going to have a long day with cooking and with presents and all the stuff. Let's get some rest. No. <laughs> and I, we don't expect them to sleep in because it's Christmas day and kids get excited and they wake up as soon as they realize, as soon as it's Christmas day, they wake up and they're like, oh, it's Christmas. We got to go see. <clears throat> and I was the same way as a kid. When I was a kid, we woke up at five in the morning. Now, in our house, that was expected or inacceptable because my mom left for work at six in the morning. She was up at five normally. So it wasn't a big deal for us. Us waking up at five, us waking up my parents at five in the morning wasn't a big deal. They were going to be up anyway. But that was when I was a kid. Um, we don't live on that schedule. I work overnights. My wife usually, um, she's usually up around six, usually. and She's got to be into work by eight. We, should, we work normal human hours and we... Uh, somewhat hours, <laughs> somewhat normal hours. But we're like, hey, sun's up at 730. Can you not wake us up before the sun up? My wife, on the other hand, even though she was the one who was setting this rule, was like, I don't want to make them wait that long. I really want to see their reaction in their faces to seeing everything in the morning. So when the boys woke up at 530 and came in and got us, she woke, she basically woke me up and were like, hey, let's go. The boys are waking up. Let's go. I'm like, but oh, you said we didn't have to get up before sunrise. It's five thirty in the damn morning. <laughs> I'm like, but she, she didn't want to make them wait. Like, so she wakes me up. I'm like, uh, all right, fine. And we're up, and it's like, you know, she's up and telling boys make coffee. Dad needs coffee before <laughs> we do anything. <laughs> but get, you know, get up. You know, get all the boys their presents they get to open all their stuff. You know, we get new bikes and scooters and skateboards. And as much as we know, we're going to hate it for so long. We got the boys a laser tag set. And it's a a four piece, like four set, a laser tag set for four. That's how I want to phrase that. Um, so they can all play together and play laser tag and send them off into the backyard. Go laser tag your hearts out. Um, and things like that. Uh, <laughs> and my wife got me a pizza set with some pizza pans and uh, cutters and, and and some stuff like that. And a nice pizza peel so I can actually move pizzas in and out of the oven. It's the way I do it now. It's like, yeah, a little tricky. And <laughs> uh, my mother-in-law actually bought me, which is super helpful, especially with pizza, and, and everything else, she got me the meat grinder attachment for my KitchenAid so I can make sausage. And I was like, ooh! so now we can make Italian sausage for pizza and spaghetti and I can make uh, breakfast sausage and I can make chorizo. And so, yeah, I was like, good hey, this is going to be fun. or even just making, you know, ground beef for hamburgers or whatever, because I could buy a big roast and, and grind it up and make my own hamburger and generally speaking you can get really good you can have better hamburger if you grind it yourself that's generally the the rule so, so yeah it's going to be super cool and i've been watching a bunch of videos on sausage making and all this stuff and like oh well what does it take to make this kind of thing and that kind of thing and what are these recipes and trying to get the recipes picked out that i want to use for all of these different sausages that i want to make i don't plan on doing like any smoked or cured anything cuz i don't have those type of resources but still and you know, I got. You know, it was my wife's turn, and it was funny because she has an Amazon wish list. She actually has two. She has one for stuff she wants, and then she has an entire separate wish list for books she wants. As I've told you before, my wife is a reader, and I we are if we haven't already. I forget if we actually hit it or not, but we there's apparently a rule like that if you if your book collection if you have over a thousand books it classifies as a library. If we haven't already hit it, we are getting very close. And so <laughs> I, re- I recently had to build a bookshelf. I bought her for her birthday, but it's been sitting there since the summer. And I had to finally put the bookshelf up and we rearranged all the books. And so when it comes to Christmas presents, there's I get stuff off of her regular list. Like, oh, she wants these pens or these, these, these buttons or the, this, this gizmo, these gizmos and gadgets and these things and, and adornments and whatnot and tiaras. Cause she's extra like that. And then I go and I go to her book list and I was like, Hey, which books do you want most? Cause she's got like 20, 30 books on this list. I'm pretty sure if we got every book on the list that we would have our thousand for the library. We're really close. But I was like, if I, you know, if you had to pick which ones do you want the most, which would you want me to get you the most? I was like, okay. And so she's like, these are my top three. I'd be very happy with any of these. I was like, okay. And so we basically had a rule of she bought all of my Christmas present stuff. And as it was coming in, she was like, You can't look at Amazon. Don't check anything. Okay, okay. And then I got all of. We bought everything really early, and then she bought. And then I was like, okay, my turn now. I'm ordering stuff for you. Um, you can't check Amazon. And the whole time she's like, "What'd you get me?" she hates surprises. She's like, "What'd you get me? What is it?" And then stuff was coming in. All of our little uh, hockey puck people around the house would ping every time an Amazon order would come in, and immediately it was like delete notifications, delete notifications, delete notifications. (laughs) Like, like because on top of that, the boys stuff was coming in and they know when stuff's coming in on Amazon, they want to find out. So they'll sit there and listen to notifications and find out what stuff was. So we very quickly, as soon as we hear that ding, it's a delete notifications. But yeah, it was, (laughs) so I got her a bunch of pins and a tiara and there was a, uh, and calligraphy set, like an ink pen, like with the inkwell quills like type thing and uh, some wax stamps and things like that that she really wanted. And I also got her and she was like, so which book did you get me? Like, which one? Which one? And what I didn't tell her was I got her all of them. But the, the three ones that she's like, here, I want this, this, or this. And two of them were book sets, <laughs> they're like complete collections and like, okay. And I was like, it's, it's Christmas. I'm not going to, like, I, I, I kind of fail when it comes to birthday presents and mother's day presents and things like this. I'm usually not good with those. So I really tend to go all out when it comes to giving her Christmas presents. It's a lot easier. Cause I can just get it's like, it's, it, it's hard when it, when it's your birthday, you tend to pick one thing and mother's day or, or anniversary. It's like, one thing that is very specific to that holiday Christmas. I can just go, okay, this and this and this and this and this. And so I tend to do that for her for Christmas. And so I got all of the books she said she really wanted, which actually amounted to something like 10 books because it was like two box sets and then one other book. (laughs) And and she's like, Oh, Oh, wow. (laughs) And she, and. Yeah, and so she, uh, she like, which then meant we had to rearrange whole shelves on the bookshelves because now we have the entire original Mortal Instruments series, the Cassandra Clare books. And I got the box set with the original, the first six books. And if you know this, there's like 13 or something books in this series because there's like the, the original series, then she did a prequel series, then there's like a whole other like she said it's like partway overlapping partway in between series and then there's another there's just a whole other there's like three different th- series it's like the the damn uh, Star Wars movies it started in the middle then they did a prequel then they did the new trilogy and then in between there's apparently books that bridge the gaps and it's a whole big fucking crazy thing um but yeah <laughs> the the Cassandra Clare Mortal Instruments series. And I think the other ones, the Infernal Devices or something like that. There's a bunch of them. Shit ton of books. And yeah. But I got her all of them. And so we had to completely rearrange the bookshelves. And yeah. So she was super happy. And it was just generally a good day. And you know, all this and all this and all this. And we are done and we've got everything cleaned up mostly. Where actually there's still boxes piled up in corners and shit now because I didn't have room in my trash can for all of the boxes, so I had to wait for the for the trash to come yesterday, and now we got to get the rest of these boxes and shit <laughs> taken out. But somewhat had things organized, and boys off playing laser tag and and video games and Mancala and and all of the things that we got. Um, and you know then we start, <laughs> and then we start. Yeah, you know, we still had to do breakfast at this point, which resulted in a me standing over a waffle iron for like an hour and a half because I was dumbass and made a double batch of waffle mix and made like 40 something waffles. But <laughs> and then I had to start, you know, had to throw the turkey in and get the turkey going for Christmas dinner. And I, you know, I, I've done this for years. And I've I was like, okay, the turkey's gonna take this long. And it said you know, it should be about four hours based on the weight. i was like, okay, four hours, fine. And just so I, it doesn't overcook, I set my timer for three and a half hours. I was like, okay, by three and a half hours, I should be able to check on this, and it should uh, be close enough that I'll be, I'll have potatoes boiling for mashed potatoes. I'll have stuffing getting ready to go. I'll have green bean casserole ready to go. I also had to make rolls and get dough going. It's like, so I also had made roll dough and had stuff waiting and standby and all this. But I was like, okay, well I got doughs, the dough's going, I've got all the things. Well, I was like, I don't have to touch anything for a few hours. So I'm working on bike tune ups and stuff and getting, you know, we got Charlie a a mountain bike. And so we got to make sure the gears are tuned right and all this stuff. And you're having trouble with it. And then he'd never had a, a, bike with gears before, so we're out there practicing, showing them how to shift and practicing all that stuff, and then I get inside, and I go and I'm like, okay, well, it's about time to go start uh, peeling potatoes, go start peeling potatoes, and um, I'm like, okay, I got all the potatoes peeled and chopped, and I started boiling them, and I go check on the turkey, and it's done. I'm like, shit. (laughs) Because I've got about, like, I still had about 30 minutes on that timer, which was already 30 minutes off of the time that I should have taken. And I just put the potatoes down to boil. I've still got to boil and mash potatoes and make stuffing and make green bean casserole and bake rolls. The rolls I, I had formed, they were sitting in their pan, they were on their second proof, they were all right, fine. But, I was like, I still have everything else to scramble and make. Make gravy, everything. And the turkey's done. And so I like crank the heat on the potatoes, get those damn things boiling as fast as I can. Uh, one of the boys grabbed, <laughs> he got a, a chef's outfit. He got like two sets with aprons and chef hats. So he grabbed his hat and his apron and jumped over and was like, okay. And basically I'm sitting here uh, mixing up everything getting stuff ready. I think I was actually still chopping potatoes. Um, there was chopping potatoes and I've got him. It like, okay, I need green beans. I need a uh, cream of chicken soup. I need French fried onions. I'm like go this. I need this pan. It's like, I'm sitting there working, giving him directions and teaching basically showing him and telling him how to make green bean casserole. They're like, okay. You need to do this. And you need to do this. And then you need to put this one then this one and this one and do this. And then, okay. And then do this. Okay. Now, Now we need to throw that in there and then we got to do this and we we need to get the rolls in (laughs) and the, it's just the rotation (laughs) and the back and forth of again, doing all of the things and yeah, (laughs) just the scramble. That was it. It was the scramble uh, of everything and uh, it, it worked out. Because if you know a thing about making a turkey, when you bring it out of the oven, it's got to sit. It's got to rest for 15, 20 minutes before you can eat it. Otherwise, the uh, it's, it's got like carryover heat and the juices have to reabsorb some, uh, even though I have to drain a shit ton of it off to put in the gravy. Because if you don't put turkey drippings in your gravy, then it just tastes like bleh. But nevertheless... Yeah, I, I just scrambled. I've never had that happen where I just was so... Un- it wasn't that I was unprepared, but I was caught off guard. I've done turkey dinner every year since I was 18. At this point, I have done at minimum 20 turkey dinners at uh, potentially 40. We've actually done made turkey dinners just on random days because we like my wife got a turkey from work but we already had one stuff like that and so i've I've made more than my share of turkey dinners in my life already the fact that I scrambled and like now I pulled it all off I still got everything on the table on time and I was shooting for four pm dinner and guess what time we sat down four o'clock but <laughs> I was like. I got so caught off guard, and really, in part, because I got caught up with bike stuff. But I got so caught off guard with everything, and just the scramble that I normally, I'm like, ah, nah, 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 casually peeling potatoes and not, and and chopping everything. I'm doing all the things, and I was in such a scramble to get everything together this time. It all came. It all came together, but yeah. <laughs> I've never stressed this much making Christmas dinner. It's an unusual uh, thing for me, but we, it all worked out. It was stressful, but it all worked out. And the, the formal Christmas stuff was, was done and observed. And we did the, we did all the Christmas Eve stuff and we did the presents and the cookies and the, the eggnog and the milk and, and and reindeer food in the yard and unwrapping presents and and playing with all the presents and making uh christmas and and having christmas dinner and then sit down to a a nice relaxing evening of horror movies recommended listening Yeah, I know. I just rolled that one right through, didn't I? (laughs) So we decided because we're not big on the gotta watch a Christmas themes that we've seen all the Christmas movies. We basically spend the whole time between Thanksgiving and Christmas watching Christmas movies just because, because, you know, watch the Santa Claus and watch lots of Nightmare Before Christmas because it's fun and Home Alones and all. We watch all the Christmas movies for the entire period leading up to Christmas, so on Christmas night, yeah, send the boys off to go play, go play video games, watch what they want, but my wife and I sit down, we're just scrolling through Netflix and saw we're just wanting something creepy. Wanting kind of a, a like we we like watching horror movies. She's not big on the gory stuff. She thinks it's gratuitous and unnecessary. I'm I'm of the hey, sometimes it works, sometimes just, you know, Sometimes gallons and gallons of fake blood does work in the context of the story. Sometimes It's just saying Anyway, but we're, we're perusing the horror movie section of Netflix, and we stumble upon this movie called The Invitation. And I'd heard about this movie. I'd seen some stuff about it. I'm like, oh, hmm, interesting. And so we're, we're like, you know, what? fine. And this is like supernatural mystery. And it says... Girl discovers long-lost cousin, gets invited to a uh, rich family swanky wedding. We're like, okay. Interesting. And the the trailer gives lots of mystery, creepy, you know, creepy old rich family vibes. And so we're like, okay. It's like a girl from New York, and she finds out she's got this rich family in England. And so she's like, hey, come meet the cousins. We got a wedding coming up. And we'll introduce you to the family and all this whole jazz, and so she goes, and then you know hijinks ensue Sue and weird shit, and you, suddenly maids are getting killed, and what's what's killing the maids? And man, that butler is an asshole, and the Lord of the Manor is kind of creepy, but there there you know there seems to be something there, and there's some some sparks and romance, and dudes got. A jawline you could actually just build a wall with it so so straight and so like we're we're watching we're like okay this it's interesting we're like he's got to be a vampire (laughs) we're just like he's just got a vampire face because he's just an insanely good looking and charming guy and creepy castle with disappearances and mysteries like it's got to be vampires right And we're like, we're like trying to pick it apart. (laughs) We're just like the whole time trying to pick it apart. We're like, okay, this doesn't track for ghosts. (laughs) This doesn't scream ghost to me. This screams monster and big castle, all the stuff. This thing is vampire. And so we're just like trying to pick the story apart. And we finally get, you know, we're probably like halfway through the movie when we call it. And yeah. So spoilers for the invitation, by the way, at this point. But it is, I'm, I'm not going to give away big spoilers, but I will tell you, it's a vampire movie. I'm not going to get too specific into the type of vampire movie it is. It is a very specific kind of vampire movie, but it's a vampire movie, and it is a modern retelling of a classic vampire tale, and it it's, it's done well. I mean, if you had to modernize because it's hard to modernize vampire stories they tend to get kind of kitschy you end up with stuff like twilight that's just like really but they did a good job of taking this story modernizing it giving it a little bit of a twist but the whole time we're like we get to the end of the movie and we're just like but like why why are you gonna why, why are you trying to kill the vampires because you know they always try to kill the vampires they're like you're only killing the vampires because they're vampires, not because they've necessarily wronged you in any way. You were going to have a pretty good deal out of this. What the hell? Like, this benefits you. <laughs> like, there's no downside to this other just than, other than the principle of vampires. Like, what the fuck? Be, just go on, be your vampire self. Have a happy vampire life, you know, because there's nothing wrong with that. But anyway, <laughs> but it was pretty good. I'm like, yeah, there were some, there were some things, there were some things about it that were a little, eh, but other than that, like it was just that sort of ending, like a, you know, you, you could have, we could have just, you know, turned the whole trope of, of, of vampires and everything on its head and said, you know what, fine, I'm going to, we're going to play into this. Let me be, va- I'm going to vampire it up. This is going to be awesome, man. There's no downside to this. Really? <laughs> like the, these vampires have the, the traditional vampire rules are like, oh, well, you know, sunlight. Yeah, not a problem for them. You know, still sleeping in coffins and stuff, but, you know, they're not going to burst into flames or anything or whatever. They like they can live. <laughs> they got lives and shit, but it was it was kind of funny. Like, yeah, there's no downside to this deal. You're just being uppity because vampires stop it. <laughs> but it was a good movie. Uh, probably give it a four out of five if I had to. Um. Yeah, fun movie. Not a lot. It's worth watch if if you were at all uh, semi interested in horror movies or classic stuff. That it's a good modern update on a classic vampire movie. Good job. Moving along because we've been watching a lot of stuff because my wife has been home from work. Um, <laughs> we end up watching, going back to the books I just bought her. If you weren't aware. They actually made a movie of the Mortal Instruments books a few years ago. Quite a few years ago, actually. And there was the Mortal Instruments City of Bones, which was supposed to be the big, you know, it was just coming off the end of Twilight and Hunger Games and Harry Potter books were long in the dust. And so there was, you know, there was room open for a new uh, YA novel adaptation film series. The uh, Divergent series kind of flopped. And I think they made two or three of those movies, but their last ones were like direct to DVD or streaming or whatever. So that whole series kind of flopped, uh, mostly because Shailene Woodley and most of the cast were kind of flat. Um, but they tried to do The Mortal Instruments as a film series, and it was supposed to be the next big thing, except it hadn't really, it didn't have the mainstream. Recognition that the Hunger Games had or the Harry Potter series had. And so it was, it was kind of it didn't take off essentially. It is a very niche book series, even among you know the YA community. And so it didn't take off as a movie, it kind of flopped in theaters. But we watched it because, again, my wife actually has all the books. She's listened to all of them, she's like audiobooks or whatever on multiple occasions. She's a big fan of the entire series. Um, she now has the entire original series. I guess next I'm going to have to get her the whole prequel series and all the other, all the, all the books. I'll have to get her all. Ball. But we sat down and we watched the movie because she was curious because I'd heard some like questionable reviews. The reviews on it weren't great. I mean, it, it flopped in, at the box office. The film series that was to be was no more. It died with that movie. And so we sit down and watch it and we're like, okay, like this is all right movie. Like I I can see some, like what me watching it as just a guy watching a movie without any knowledge of the background or the books or anything, which is, I mean, I went into all of these YA film book series things. I don't read these books. So I, 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 but I've seen most of these movies and I I have to rate them and I have to judge them based strictly on the movies, not the books, not the source material. Do I look into it later? Yes. But going in and just watching it for movie sake, I'm like, okay, this is an okay movie. Um, a lot of tropes, very, very tropey, a lot of cheesiness. But again, it's based on a YA novel. We are in a post-Twilight, post-Harry Potter Universe. So anything having to do with magical creatures, you get a lot of of callback and comparisons to what came before. And so you know you're dealing with uh, monster hunters and demons and angels and vampires and werewolves and all this type of stuff. And so it, there's a lot of tropes and it hits a lot of those sort of things. It was it was a good movie. It's good enough. I can see why it probably didn't take off, but. It was an okay movie, worth a watch if you're at all into that sort of stuff, you know, uh, fairy tale creatures in in modern times stuff. Decent movie. My wife watched it and she could not help but compare it to the books. And she was like, okay. So, and she'd seen some of, I'm going to talk about it in a minute. She'd seen some of the, the TV series. And so she was like, the... She liked the way the movie kept primarily plot-wise, story-wise followed the books pretty well. I think it was pretty much the first book, but she hated the casting that most of the casting. She's like, that's not how he's described. He's not like this. He should look like this. It's a lot of that. And ultimately it comes down to, we're trying to make a movie series. We need pretty people and recognizable, at least semi-recognizable actors. So they, they cast pretty people that would not necessarily have fit the descriptions of the characters in the book. It's something that happens. It's just part of making movies. If I had to rate the movie, I'd probably give it a three out of five. Not good. Not bad. Yeah. But it's, it's okay. If, if you're into that sort of thing, worth watch. But again, film series ended with that movie. Even though, obviously, everything is set up at the end, expecting they were going to have 13 movies because there's so damn many books. But because the movie series failed, it got picked up by Freeform, if you're not familiar with that network. But it got picked up by the Freeform network. I'm sure it's on other networks in other countries. But it was then turned into... The series Shadow Hunters, which, if you're familiar with the books, is the name of these monster hunter people. They're like part angel or something like that. Again, I haven't read them, so I don't know the details. But they're apparently like, they have like angel blood from forever ago and all this stuff. And so um, they, they, give, they have magical powers and they can do stuff. And there's lots of, it's complicated to get into right now. Nevertheless, they turned the series, the book series and everything And created the TV series Shadowhunters, which, according to my wife, the casting, much better. Loves the casting. The characters are very, you take the way they're described in the books, the way they're uh, cast for the show, much better. She said there's some exceptions. Some people are just like, that's just really not right. But it's one of those, you can understand from a TV and film perspective why they went with that person over somebody who fits the book description just because when you're trying to make like something like making a character younger than they are described in the books, because if you're trying for a long term thing, like a long movie series or a long TV series, you don't want to have an 80 year old person in the story because they might die. <laughs> and it takes a long time to make TV and film. So, you know, you you want it. They end up, you know, aging down some older characters, things like that aging up characters who are supposed to be really young because it's generally viewed as inappropriate taking somebody who's supposed to be like it's like they did in the Pocahontas movie in reality Pocahontas was like 10 in the movie they made her like 18 so it wasn't weird and so they did the same thing they made characters that were like I think there's a character she's supposed to be like a 10, like 12 year old girl or something and they make her like a young adult like you know, 18, 19-year-old in the show because she's supposed to have kind of a semi-romantic uh, relationship with another character, and it's just really inappropriate if you don't age them appropriately. So, things like that. There, there are justifiable changes made to characters. She accepted that. She liked the casting overall, but her biggest complaint was that the series very quickly deviates from source material, which, congratulations, it's a show on free form. This is the same as a CW show. They take inspiration from source material. They, they've they've taken the actions of the first book. I guess she's still watching the first season. And we were sitting down kind of watching it. And I get emotionally invested in shows even when I don't like them because I'm like, well I've got to see what happens next. I don't I'm like Even if I think it's bad, I still want to see how it ends. (laughs) So I keep watching, but we're, we're like watching and we're just like, okay, well, wait, what happened? Who? And I'm sitting here kind of, okay, trying to figure out what's going on and and understand of things. And I'm like, have they explained that yet? No, it's just there. Nobody's talking about this rock she just wears this rock and nobody said anything about it. We were like six episodes in. Nobody said anything about the necklace that she's got that her mom gave her. No. Two episodes later, they fucking answer my question, but you know, stuff like that, (laughs) but it is, she's, it's what we've assessed so far is that they're staying within, at least in the first season we've watched so far within the confines of things that happen in the first book. But They've thrown in a bunch of, like every other TV series, filler episodes. (laughs) It's like, you know, you watch Supernatural. There's like 23 episodes and about 10 of them have to do with the actual main story for the season. And the rest of them are filler episodes just to pad out the season length. It's basically what they do. There's the stuff that's relevant to the story from the book and a bunch of extra bullshit that they threw in there and padded and extended and made something that could have probably been done in eight or nine episodes and covered every inch of the book. They padded it out to 25 or whatever by extending scenes and adding filler and back and forth and bullshit that didn't necessarily happen or extending, you know, the extended dance version of this scene just to to pad it and make it longer and added extra extra bullshit in and things like that just so that, you know, just to pad it. But it dilutes the show and you end up deviating from you know, the source material, because you have to, it's a TV series. Got it. You got to add extra to it. And I get that. But as somebody who is a, a book person, my wife is watching this and she's like, they, they went so far away from the books. Like, yeah, they kind of have to, <laughs> but they, they, they hit the main points, I guess, you know, people die who weren't supposed to die. Um, things happen differently. It's like things happen differently. Why? You want to keep this character alive. Because we like this character. We're going to do something interesting with this character later. Though, you know, either the standard kill this person instead of that person because we like this person and not that person as much, or, you know, stuff, you know, Hollywood politics and BS and production stuff. And, this person's contract is like this. And this person's contract is like this. So we have to kill this person because they don't have a contract to be on these episodes. And this person does. So we're just going to swap, swap, swap and change story around and change this and do that. And whatever, you know, it's what happens with TV, but it's a, it's a good series. It's decent enough. Um, it was one of many shows that got canceled many years ago. Um, everybody did a good job. It's okay. Um, it's not something I seek out. It's not something I'm gonna seek out, although it is somewhat up my alley with the 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 fantasy elements of it. I like fantasy stuff. I mean, I'm not a big reader. And so like I'm not gonna sit down and read these books. I'm just not. I'm really not a big fan of the YA novels and stuff like that. Not my thing. As movies, they work well as movies most of the time. Um so I'm I'm willing to sit down and watch the show with her. It's a decent enough show. It's worth watching. Um, pretty People, because it's a, you know, it's a, <laughs> a cable TV show uh, targeted at young adults. So it, you're going to have it loaded with a bunch of pretty young adults. But a decent show. <laughs> if um, It's currently on Hulu. And I didn't mention uh, The Invitation is on Netflix. Um, I believe Mortal Instruments film is on Netflix. And I believe Shadowhunters is on Hulu. Um, I actually have in the show notes I have links to their listings on all of their platforms. And you can watch the trailer for the invitation in the show notes at odddad.podcast.com because I felt like dropping that in there. Bullshit from the news. <laughs> ah, so I've noticed a pattern. Over the last few weeks. Where. In the news. It just seems like. The governments of the world. I kind of had my little mini. Rant about this last week. um, Just love wasting. Fucking money. For stupid shit. Whether it's. The French. Trying to defrost. Zombie viruses. Why the fuck would you do that? You dumbasses. Or the European Union. And their four hundred thousand dollar metaverse party for six people. Uh, and I went on my whole sub little rant about fucking governments just love m- uh, misspending money. Well, if you're if you're not familiar in a, in, in the United States, there is a senator by the name of Rand Paul. Who, side note, if you aren't familiar with <laughs> Seinfeld there is a holiday that was invented on Seinfeld called Festivus. One of the uh, tenants of Festivus is the airing of grievances. (laughs) And so every year, Senator Rand Paul, as his celebration of Festivus and the airing of grievances, uh, goes out and will basically list a number of, uh, a bunch of, you could say questionable spending decisions by the US government. Uh, this year's list included a $200,000 grant to verify that the relationship between pets and children is beneficial to mental health, uh, a $50 million investment to encourage tourism in Tunisia. Why is that in a US government budget? Whatever. But the big headlining one that everybody really latched onto was a $118,000 grant awarded to researchers at Georgia Tech ultimately to study whether or not Thanos could actually snap his fingers while wearing the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah. Now, the big study, as they proposed it, as a scientific thing was to study how it is humans are capable of snapping at all. And can, if we can snap and what are the dynamics of how we are able to these ultra fast movements that humans are capable of making like snapping is snapping is essentially like if you ever know, if you know how a whip makes the crack, that is the tip of the whip, breaking the sound barrier, things like that snaps work, the same thing depending on how you're snapping. But anyway, um, They, they'd spent a hundred, they were given, I just say they spent, I have no clue how much they spent, but they were given $118,000 to study snapping inspired by the idea of could Thanos actually snap wearing this big metal gauntlet. So Thanos, big gold glove, could he actually snap while wearing big gold glove? Ignoring one, it's a fictional character in a fictional world. Two, he's a giant purple space alien with the super powerful and strong and has magic glove. But ignoring all that, could he, per human Earth physics, in this reality, physically snap his fingers while wearing giant gold glove? And they were given $118,000 to find out. And the conclusion it came down to is, no, that's just a movie. You know what you could have also done? You could have probably built a middle big metal glove. Lots of people have done it. Adam Savage has done it. Make a big metal glove and try and snap. Can you do it? No. 500 bucks. Maybe five grand because who knows how what metals you're putting into it and casting and paying a good blacksmith and whatever. But $118,000 to study if Thanos could snap his fingers. That is a, you know, because the US government couldn't be outdone. I, I, you might still give it to the EU for $400,000 for a metaverse party, but really, there, there's so much. I, I, you really want to get frustrated. If you really, really, really want to get irritated with world governments, just look at the the shit they spend money on. Like, there's so much bullshit studies and shit like this that's got government funding that is just so ridiculous. I'm like, oh my God, you fucking, the government is full of dumb fucks. The government is full of dumb fucks. I don't care which government you are. The government is full of dumb fucks. (laughs) I don't care who you voted for. The government is full of dumb fucks. And everybody's out for their own, to, to get money for their shit and their, their pet projects and to suck up to the people who give them money. That's what politics is. Fucking government. Fucking Ah. <laughs> uh, and again, yes, the official formal bit was, oh, we're studying the physics of snapping and how snapping works. Look, that's how snapping works. You don't need $118,000 to figure out. It doesn't matter how it works. It just works. I'm sorry if I just irritated the shit out of you with all the snapping, but that's how it works. How does it work? That's it. That's all you fucking have to do. Really, it's all you have to do. This is... Now, I'm an asshole who wants to know why. I do. I want to know why things work. It's. Cur- I'm a curious kitty. You don't need to spend $118,000 to find out how you snap. The physics don't matter. It doesn't. You just do it. Does it matter if apes can snap? Does it? No, fucking doesn't matter. If a gorilla can snap, cool, gorillas can snap too. That's something we have in common. Now you can maybe in just a bit, maybe, maybe do some research into do gorillas snap the same way we do? No. You're not gonna get close enough to a gorilla because he's gonna rip your face off. But that's a whole other thing. <laughs> then you're spending 118000 dollars in gorilla insurance. But that's a that's a that's a, a government bill for another day. Fucking jackasses. <laughs> so one last thing because it's the end of the year and I normally do kind of an end of the year wrap up and where are we going in 2023 and I don't fucking know right now I'm just trying to get back in the groove of doing a show every week and finding the time to do the things properly and all that stuff but there's one thing I do want to do and it's something I like really I've, I've become more inspired oddly enough I've become more inspired to do this because of TikTok, whether or not, you know, if you're following the news, the, the possibility that TikTok could be banned in the U.S. because of its, they, they basically have discovered, yeah, TikTok is spying on you, that they've basically known this for years, that TikTok uh, basically has, still has ownership tied to the Chinese government and TikTok spies on you. They, they know for a fact now, <laughs> TikTok, the app spies on you. That's probably why it's such a huge battery drain. But nevertheless, um, whether or not it gets banned, my time watching TikTok and following certain creators and people I've, I've discovered while watching TikTok and other podcasters that I'm listening to and people that I just have wanted to talk to, it, my, you know, I, I've always had my circle of podcasting friends and because of COVID and stuff like this, my circle of podcasting friends, everybody kind of self-isolated. Um, sidebar, every year on Yule, I get a message from Paul Chomo, formerly of the Barman's podcast, um, currently in the, not sure where it's going, a vast podcast about pirates and history and things like that. Um, but I get a message every Yule from Paul to wish me a happy Yule. And this year when he sent me his, a happy Yule message, he also was like, oh my God, have I seriously not talked to you in a year? Like the last message I had from him for anything was his Yule message from last year. It was just one of those you know the world happens you know covid and everything drove everybody into their little isolation pockets and everybody pulled away from everybody so no hard to feel like that and that happened with me my circle of podcasting friends has gotten much smaller because everybody kind of crawled back crawled into their own bubble and so something i want to do in the next year hopefully is reach out again and Reach out back to the podcasting world and into the creator sphere, and do more interviews and have more guests. And I realize I say this all the time, but the the increase the the creators that I've seen and found and discovered on TikTok, and a lot of them do have podcasts, um, has it made me it's like I want to talk to these people. I want to like, expand and do more and you know I, i've always had fun recording interviews the the near, and interviews is the big fat air quotes interviews but i love having these chats with these people because i'm like i'm chatty <laughs> that's it like for all of, like you know i could sit here and have this conversation with myself and i do this and i've been doing this for an hour now for the last 227 episodes incidentally i actually did i actually looked it up i've got Like 340 some odd episodes, I think, because of seven years. Um, I've got like 350 episodes somewhere, um, counting all the little bits of things I've done over the years. But nevertheless, um, yeah, I, I want to try to do that. And I don't know if I'm going to do that here or if I'm going to start another show with interviews with guests and whatever. I don't know. But it's something I want to do. It's something I want to get more into um talking to people and conversations and things. And maybe I don't like if, you know, kind of my philosophy when it comes to talking about controversial topics, I tend to shy away from them here because whenever you talk about anything that is viewed as controversial by somebody, you end up getting yourself. Pigeonhole you get you get boxed in so i avoid political conversations generally i avoid hot button topics generally because you just end up getting boxed in you get thrown in with a you uh you think this way or you think that way because you said this one thing therefore you are this type of person and yeah fuck that shit i'm here to ramble and rant and empty my brain out of whatever bullshit is running through it and make fun of some dumbasses and tell you about some cool shit. That's what I do. I don't need to preach politics or religion or whatever. If ever religion comes up, it's me talking about our personal things we do. That's what I do. Okay. Merry Christmas. Happy Yule. Do what you gotta do. I'm gonna make a turkey if I can keep my times right. <laughs> um, but yeah. Coming up, I, that's something I want to do. I don't know if I'm going to start a second podcast to do that or if I'm going to incorporate them here, but there's a lot of people I want to talk to. There's a lot of people I wanted to talk to back when I was doing interviews a few years ago that I just never got around to for reasons. And there's a bunch of new people that I would like, man, I would really love to talk to this person, just have an interview, have them on the show just to talk to them because like, it'd just be fun. They seem like an interesting person to have a conversation with. So I think that's something I want to do that coming up in the in the next year. If I can figure out how I'm going to swing it. I don't know. We'll figure it out. I'm going to try. I am going to try. And maybe I'm going to try and uh, work and try and get some more clients for podcast editing. Um, I don't know. I've, I've really just got to gotta figure it out. I got to play it by ear. We're going to see what we're going to do. But that's what I want to do. I want to do more stuff. I want to do, I want to get the show consistent again. And I want to do more stuff and I want to talk to more people and have conversations with interesting people because conversations with interesting people is fun. Yeah. It just is interesting people are interesting. Eh, who'd have thunk it? But anyway, that's what I want to do. That's what's potentially hopefully coming up. If I can get up the nerve to reach out to people and ask them if they want to sit down and have a bullshit chat with me. Cause that's what I do. I, I, we bullshit for however the fuck long you know this if you've been listening to me okay you had to be listening to me a long time ago to to know that but still anyway I'm rambling because I haven't been rambling for an hour but that's it that's the cue that means it's time to get the fuck out of here remember you can find me at com, where you can subscribe to the show you can buy some merch Get yourself a t-shirt, get yourself coffee mugs, stickers, skateboards. There's a bunch of bullshit there. There's actually, you can get prints of my art, believe it or not. Yeah, I do that. I make art sometimes. All the bullshit. I don't know why I'm telling you about all this, but all the stuff, it's all at odddadapodcast.com. All the social media stuff. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'm on the TikTok vaguely. Um, (laughs) You can hit me up, show at odddadapodcast.com or send me a message or a voicemail or whatever at the Odd Dad Out line 516 that's 516 otopod 1 I know it's a lot of shit that I just said but it's all there at odddadapodcast.com 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 so I can stick in your memory ha <laughs> ha ha alright <laughs> and until next time oddballs Happy New Year. Happy birthday. Happy the holidays. You might want to be whatever the hell's going on right now. And I will see you next year. Oh god, that's fucking cheesy. I'm getting out of here. Thank you. And good night.